You are welcome to teaching ministry of Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of IKEA Christian Center Global. Get set to be at the fire. The word works. Now, let's turn our Bible's book of Ephesians chapter number two, our team scripture. Hmm. Ephesians chapter number two, from verse four to eight. Amen. Can we read one to go? What does it say? Verse 4 says what? But God, uh huh, who is rich in mercy, uh huh, uh huh, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, notice, but God who is rich in mercy for the great love wherewith he had loved us. So Paul is trying to show something in his writings that the favor shown to mankind, all right, is unexplainable. You can't explain it. It says, the only thing that can explain what God has done for us in Christ, all right, can just, you can only just sum it under mercy. So God who is rich in mercy, for his great love, where he have loved us, uh-huh, verse 5, what does it say? Even when we were what? Dead, uh-huh. In trespasses and says, uh-huh. At quickened us together, uh-huh. With Christ. By grace ye are. Now, continue. He now says what? And at raised us up together. Notice, he says, he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So, it means that prior to what the resurrection of Jesus Christ... We had not been raised together. We were not sitting or seated together with Christ. It means that there is something about that seat. There is something about that office that we now occupy in Christ that is uh, a manifestation of the extravagant grace and mercy and favor of God towards mankind. It means that seat... Where we are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father is a sought-after position. Praise God. A coveted position. And the very fact that we got it on the platform of grace, no works. <laughs> Paul says, look, <laughs> that's like saying, you got the best house in the entire country. And you didn't pay a dime for it. You understand what I'm saying? You got the best seat in the house. And you had to do nothing for it. God calls it, this is extra. Paul says, this is extravagant. He said, this is great grace. Great love. Great mercy. Hallelujah. And this is what we have in Christ Jesus. Now, let us look at certain things I want us to see today. Because today is the last, you know teaching. So far, we've seen that the highest authority in all three realms, all right, is with God, and now God has given it to what? To Jesus Christ. Remember that? We said that Jesus, or God the Word, we saw him all through the Old Testament scriptures, right? We said, and the Word of the Lord came, and the Word of the Lord came, and the Word of the Lord came, and we said that the Word of the Lord all right, become flesh is who Jesus is. 
So Jesus in his pre-incarnate manifestation is what? Is God. Glory to God. 1 Timothy 3.16. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest. Is that 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy? I think that's 2 Timothy 3.16. He said God was manifested. God was manifested in the flesh. God was manifested in the flesh. So if God was manifested in the flesh, it means that God manifested in the flesh. Before that manifestation, manifestation, who was he? God. So it means God manifested in the flesh was not a creation. It was a manifestation. Understand? Jesus Christ was not created. Jesus Christ is the manifestation in the flesh of God. Hallelujah. So Jesus is not a created being. No. All right? Is God manifested as a human being? Very important for us to understand that. Because people are beginning to say, oh, Jesus was the first creation of God. Mm -mm, no. Jesus is God. Hallelujah. Jesus is God. Hallelujah. Now, we have explained that already. I'm not going to go through it. I think that's part two, where we explained the Trinity and explained the Akid, Ekad, and explained how that Jesus, all right, is the word of the Lord that proceeded out of the bosom of the Father and the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the Lord that proceeded out of the bosom of the Father. So they both proceed out of one source. Praise God. I said praise God. Very, very important for us to understand this part so far. Now let us now continue. I want us to look at something important. Because when we say that Jesus, all right, in his pre-incarnate manifestation, as the word of the Lord, or God the word, all right, had all authority in heaven and earth. But when he manifested in the flesh, he left it all behind. Remember, we looked at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. All right? Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, though it was equal with God, considered it not robbery, all right, to be equal with God, but made himself of... Uh, no reputation like that of a what of a servant. Let's look at it. Philippians 2 5. Is that can we look at it? Philippians 2 5. One to do. What does it say? Let this mind be in you. Uh-huh. Yes. Notice, notice, notice. You see, it is important the words that were used. Okay. Because I, I've seen some controversy, and I'm wondering where is controversy from? Doctrinal slants, where is it from? When you have denominations like Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, where, where is it from? doesn't make any sense. So let this mind be in you, which was in what? Uh-huh. He now says what? Well, go on. Notice, who being in the form of God, uh-huh, thought it not robbery to be what? Uh-huh, but, hold on, which was first? The making of himself of what? Of low reputation. Uh -huh. Next one. And took upon what? Took upon what? Notice he took upon him the form of the servant. Which came first? Who was he before? Who was he before? You see that? He says he was God. But now took upon him the form of a servant. So Paul is using the actions of God 
to tell us to have the right mindset. Are you seeing that? Have the right mindset. He's teaching humility. Okay. In Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you. That means for the, for, uh, for, um, um, the purpose of serving humanity, God came steps down. Are you following? All right. God came several steps down. Praise God. I said, praise God. Now, notice. He now tells us in, um, we read verse 6. Let's look at verse 7 of Philippians 2. What does this say? <laughs> he made himself of no what? Reputation. Uh-huh. And he took upon him the form of a servant. Notice. And was made. Ginomai. Ginomai means that this is a new thing. So before he was made like a man, he had a form. And that form is what? God. He was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, what did he do? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also had highly what? So what God wanted to do was this. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, look at what he said. He said, God, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the earth and over every creeping thing. God wanted to give authority and put it upon a man. Are you seeing this? Praise God. But the mechanism by which he was going to do that was that man was going to receive what God wanted to give on the platform of what? Of faith. Praise God. Of faith. Of faith. That's why you find that after God makes the first man, he puts him in a garden. Then when he puts him in a garden, there are two trees in the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of what? The tree of life in the middle of the garden. Praise God. And we've before learned, as time, as we read through the scriptures, that the tree of life there was speaking figuratively about what? About Christ. Because the tree of life is in the book of Revelation. Speaking figuratively about Christ. Okay? Everyone that believes on the life, who is Jesus Christ, what does that man, man, man have? That man has what? Eternal life. What is eternal life? The indwelling of the spirit. What comes with that indwelling of the spirit? Authority in heaven. Authority in earth, on the earth, and authority where? Under the earth, the fulfillment of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Praise God. So, but that authority, before Jesus came, resided in God. Praise the Lord. He resided in God. So, Adam walked in disobedience. All right. Fell under the whims and caprices of the devil on how to receive all that God had. Satan was able to deceive Adam that God lied to them. Praise God. He said, God, God told us not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right? That if we, the day we eat of the knowledge of tree and evil, we will die. Satan said, God lied. And Adam and Eve, they went along with the, a rebellious spirit. Hallelujah. Then, we now have that in Genesis 6, we had that angel and angelic spirits, rebellious angels, all right, and human beings, all right, you know, and you had the Nephilims and all of that. So there was further corruption of mankind. So man departed again from the ways of God. Then Genesis 11, Tower of Babel, 
Men came again together. They wanted to build a tower, all right, to reach heaven. If you read Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 11, the only sacred thing, all right, that men were supposed to be, that was built and that God authorized was Eden. God built Eden and put man there. With God, when it comes to sacred spaces, when it comes to how he should be worshipped, he does not take the suggestions and the ideas of men. No. God will build the temple for himself and prescribe to man how man is supposed to worship him. Praise God. So that's why, for example, you have that God planted Eden and put man there. When it came to Moses, children of Israel, God told Moses how to build the tabernacle and warned him and said, be sure you build it according to the pattern that was showed you where? In the mount. Then you can now see under the law of Moses all the prescriptions as to how the worship ceremonies must go through. Then Jesus comes and says, the hour has come and now is where the true worshippers must worship the Father in what? In spirit and in truth, not in Jerusalem or in Mount Gerizim. Which means that the worship of God, the place for worship, God is the one that chooses it. And the manner of worship, God is the one that what? chooses it. So if it is God we are worshiping, the place God chooses it, the manner God chooses it. And in Christ Jesus, the place is in Christ, hallelujah, and the manner is in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I said praise God. Yeah. Yeah. So we have that. Genesis 11. The Tower of Babel was rebellion because it was man's attempt to build a sacred space for God. Not according to God's plan. Praise God. And when I say God, I'm talking about, you know, um, Elohim. You know, Elohim is not just for God. As I explained, you know, last week and two weeks ago. In Genesis chapter 11, the men there came together to build a tower, a temple, all right? It's otherwise called a zugarat, to assess the spiritual realm, to assess all right, um, um, angelic, falling angelic um, spirit, all right, and all that. So you find that, that soon after Genesis 11, as you read, you now begin to see that there was a multiplication of idolatry. You now begin to see the appearance of idols. You now begin to see idols, all right, uh, uh, um, Abraham coming out from his people, and they had gods, all right. Then you have with Jacob, um, Rachel had an idol in her possession. Prior to that time, you don't see anything like that, all right? Because idolatry began following the fall of mankind. Hallelujah, all right? The worship of falling gods and falling spirits and, you know, and all that. But that's not where I'm going today. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Now, so we've said God wanted to give his possession, his creation, and hand over that dominion to man. Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our image and let him have dominion, control, possession over the this, over this, over this. We see that. So it had always been God's intention to hand over all of his creation to man. That was his plan. Praise God. Now, we now begin to find, introduced to us something important. In the Old Testament, you find introduced to us the concept then. Of the firstborn. Firstborn. Now, 
how does firstborn connect to inheritance and possession? Because we are talking about God creating the heavens and the earth. Then we are talking about authority. Then we are talking about uh, inheritance. How does all those concepts, how do all those concepts come together? How is it linked? Praise God. So let us look at it quickly. Turn your Bibles real quickly. Amen. I said, Amen. Look at um, Genesis 49. Genesis 49. And we're going to read from verse 1 to 3. Firstborn. The firstborn. The firstborn, all right, in the Old Testament was the person who was regarded as the beginning of the strength of the father. The firstborn in the Old Testament was the one who was regarded as the one to continue the lineage of the father. The firstborn in the Old Testament was the one, all right, to whom the father handed over all of his properties. The father handed over all of his uh, plans. Whatever he couldn't continue, this firstborn was to continue. Praise God. So you find, for example, Abraham gave Ishmael gifts, but he gave Isaac the blessing. You understand? Because Isaac was what? The firstborn, even though he was not the first to be born. Praise God. Praise God. So the firstborn is a recognition. A firstborn is someone we recognize, someone the father chooses to be the firstborn. Praise God. Now look at the trouble quickly. So um, where did I say Shopu? Genesis 49. For verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together. Uh-huh. That I may tell you that which shall before you in the last days. Can we continue reading? What does he say? Uh-huh. And acting unto Israel your father. Verse 3 now says what? Now notice he said, Thou art my what? Firstborn. He now goes on to divine firstborn first. My might and the beginning of my what? Strength. You see that? The excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. This is who the firstborn is. Praise God. This is who the firstborn is. He is the beginning of the strength. He is the one who came first and is the leader of the pack. Praise God. That's the firstborn. Unfortunately, Reuben, all right, the rights of the firstborn was snatched from him and given to Joseph. The reason is simple, because Reuben went to sleep with his father's, uh, father's wife. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter number 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21, from verse 15. Pay attention, no? I'm building something. I'm building up a case so you understand. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 7, uh, 15 to 17. If a man have two wives, one beloved and another hated, and they have borne him children, both the beloved and the hated, and if the firstborn son be has that was hated, uh -huh, then it shall be when he maketh his sons. Notice, oh, church, are you listening? When, then it shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that which he what? Had. So it is about possession now. The father had possession but he now has sons. Now, when he wants to make them inherit his possession. Are you seeing this? He now says, Then shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that which he had, 
that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before what? The son of the world. So are you noticing that you can make the secondborn firstborn? I don't know. Are you following? Because firstborn is an office. You can replace, move one person into another person's room. <coughs> For example, the firstborn of David or the most senior child of David who was firstborn around the time David died was Adonijah. But God chose Solomon. So Solomon sat in the position of what? Of the firstborn. So when you go and look at the last instructions of David to Solomon, what is that a picture of? You now find a father is departing the scene. But he's saying, this is my plan. This is my agenda. Do it in my absence. So the firstborn is the executor of the father's will. So the firstborn does in the father's absence what the father would have done if he was present. So you cannot separate the will of the father from the will of the firstborn. Because the father chooses a firstborn who will execute his will perfectly. Hallelujah. So it says, then it shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that which he had, that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated. But he shall acknowledge the son of the hated for the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he had, for he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. Are you following what I'm saying here? Eh? All right, now let's look at something quickly. <laughs> Amen. Now, in Genesis chapter 14, from verse 18 to 20, you find an appellation given by Melchizedek concerning God in reference to Abraham. Genesis chapter 14, from verse 18. Look at it quickly. He says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the what? The priest of the Most High God. Uh-huh. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be what? Abraham of the Most High. Possessor of what? Are you seeing this? I've heard people teach that, oh, what he was saying was, um, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And they were saying that what he was saying was, Abraham was possessor of heaven and earth. No, that's not what he's saying. Don't, you know, some, them there sometimes. So in the world of faith movement, we, we, we commit this sin of sometimes trying to make scripture say what it does not say. To make things add up. Amen. That's what he said. He's actually saying, Abraham of the most high God, possessor of what? The heavens and earth. So that means who is the possessor of the heavens and earth? That's God. He owns God, the heavens and the earth. So, Abimelech, um, Melchizedek, is praising God because he's a priest of the Most High God. One of the roles of a priest is that he, what, he worships and praises God. He laudates God, and that's what he was doing here. You understand? Okay? So, now, so God is possessor of heaven and earth. It is his possession. He owns it. Glory to God. He what? He owns it. But now, God that owns the heavens and earth wants to give dominion, glory to God, or rather, hand it over. I don't know if you're understanding this. I, I don't even, are you understanding? Hand it over to man. Let us make man. Let him have dominion. 
over what I have created. Let us make man, let him have dominion. Let him have dominion over the spiritual realm. Let him have dominion over the physical realm. Let us make man and let him have dominion. Are you following what I'm saying here? So that is what is going on here. Hallelujah. Then God comes to Abraham and makes a promise to him. Look at Genesis. Genesis 13. <clears throat> Genesis 13 <clears throat> and verse 14. So, 17. Can we read? You know, I need to pray for whoever is on the scriptures today. Genesis 13 verse 14, what does it say? And the Lord said unto what? Uh-huh. No, what, 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 what? After that, Lord had departed from him. Uh-huh. He said, lift up thine eyes, yes. No. He said, and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, which means that in all directions. That's the whole earth. Amen. The whole earth and everything in it, everything. That's what he's saying. Praise God. Because he was not telling him to look physically. Because how far can your eyes see physically? He says, not what? He said, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it. And what? To thy seed for how long? Forever. This is ownership. So what he's saying, he made a promise. Notice he said, to thee and to thy seed will I give it. He, doesn't, he didn't say, have I given it? Will I give it? So it was a promise. Glory to God. Alright. Next verse. Verse 16. 16 says what? For all the land with that. And I will make thy seed as the what? Dust of the earth. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth. Then shall thy seed also be what? Numbered. 17 now says what? Arise. Walk through the land in the length of it. And in the breadth of it. For I will... Give it unto thee. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hmm. Lord, how do I proceed from here? Okay, let's, let's proceed as plans. So, God promised Abraham and his seed. I will give you the earth. Now, look at Galatians 3, verse 16. For you to have an understanding of this person called seeds, that God made promises to Abraham. And says, I will give it to you and your seed forever. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16. Or let's start from verse 14. To 16. Amen. What does he say? Can you read? Want to go? But the blessing of Abraham. Uh huh. Yes. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. 15 says what? Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed. No man disannulled or added thereto. 16 now says, And to Abraham and his seed, where what? He said not unto seeds as of many. So that means, he didn't say as to seeds as of many. So it's not Isaac, Jacob, it's not uh, Joseph that he's referring to. He said, and but as of one and to thy seed, which is what? So that means the promises God made to Abraham was a promise of God to who? Christ. So it is a promise until Christ came 
in Christ, those promises became what? Fulfilled. Are you following? Are you following? Are you following? All right. It's a promise unto Christ. In Christ, the promise is fulfilled. Because the promise to Abraham was dominion on the earth. Dominion in the spirit. Authority. Kingdom. Dominion. That's the essence of the promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. David came in a typology. All right? All those things they were doing. It's a typology. Taking territories and all that. Dominion, fighting, fighting. Typology. In Christ, it is fulfilled. David was fighting and fighting to take territories. Jesus, upon his resurrection, says all territories are mine. Showing you it is a fulfillment of the promise that was made to Abraham. Now, Abraham and his seed. So the Bible calls Christ Abraham's seed. Next question will be, and we've read what firstborn meant in the Old Testament. Next question is, is the term firstborn an appellation used to describe Jesus Christ? The answer is yes. Colossians. Chapter number one. And verse 14 into 15. He says, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, uh-huh, even the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, one to go. He's telling us who Jesus is. He said, who is the what? Image of the what? Invisible God. The what? The firstborn of every creature. Firstborn of every creature. Better translation, we say firstborn of the new creation. Hallelujah. Firstborn of the new creation. So he is the beginning of the new creation of men. He is the beginning of the new race of men. He is the beginning of the new kind of men. Jesus Christ. Firstborn. He is the prototokos or the prototype. Firstborn. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 from verse 26 to 29. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Next verse. Says what? And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints. So the translators were a bit confused, because when you say it, then next, you now say he. You know that, you know, there's a, this thing. Because you gave him a personality in one. Then the other one, you didn't give him personality, so they were... You know, <laughs> so he that said they had no idea was the man of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 28, everybody with he says, What to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now look at 29, just pay attention. Listen, he now says, What for whom he did what? Wait now, for whom he did what? Now, who for new people? God, right? God, right? Now. When he's talking about foreknowledge, foreknowledge is to know beforehand. Foreknowledge is to know before time. So he says, for whom he did foreknow, 
He also did what? Predestinate. To predestinate means to do before time. Praise God. All right? So predestination is, I know this before time. So based on what I know, I do before time. I'll tell you, for example, one time I was sleeping on the couch. No, I was not sleeping. I was watching football on the couch. But my darling, my Sophie, was sleeping on the couch beside me. And whenever Sophie is sleeping on a place where I know that she can fall off, I'm always extra cautious. You understand? So as I was watching, then I just noticed movement. So she was, you know, sleeping. Then she began to, she rolled to the right, which was safe. But me, I had seen beforehand that when she rose once to the right, she be rolled three times to the left and boom, she's on the ground. So I was on one head of the car. The moment she moved left, I was already on my way to her. And I got there just in time to catch her as she was supposed to fall to the ground. So, my actions beforehand was based on what I knew before. Are you following? That is predestination. Which means, before man was created, God already had a plan and set the plan in motion. Are you seeing this? So he says, for whom he did foreknow, he foreknew us. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his what? Why? That he might be the what? That he might be the what? That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What do you do to the firstborn? You give him the inheritance. Are you seeing this? But you give him the inheritance for the purpose of who? His brethren. For example, Jacob, sorry, Joseph was firstborn. Is that correct? But him being firstborn, he used that office, that blessing to take care of his brethren. He did in Egypt. Is that not what he did? You see that. Uh -huh. So the purpose of elevating the firstborn is not just for the firstborn, but for his brethren. I don't know if you are getting this. Uh -huh. So Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. So because he's the firstborn among many brethren, to whom is to him it is given the authority. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Have you read, we've read Colossians 1 18, right? Now let's look at Hebrews 12 23. Hebrews 12 23, what does he say? What does he say? Hebrews 12, 23. Don't wait for the boy on the script on the screen. What does he say? He says, To the general assembly and the church of the what? Firstborn. Continue. Uh, notice we are called the church of the firstborn. So, what is going on? That is a statement recognizing. That an inheritance has been passed over. Amen. Because Christ Jesus is God's firstborn. He is the first to be born again from spiritual death. 
is the first born in the new creation, in the new race of men. Hallelujah. And because, glory, oh, hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah. And because he was born from spiritual death, he was resurrected from the dead, glory to God, and shown to be the son of God with power, and shown to be the seed of Abraham and the seed of David, God now bestowed on him the promise he made to who? Abraham. All authority in heaven and in what? And the earth. The fulfillment of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Turn to Hebrews 2. Let's look at it again. Hebrews 2, from verse 6 to 10. Hebrews 2. Now listen. It says, but one in certain place. Testify, saying, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou art visited him? Next verse. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Uh-huh. And this sets him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things what? Put under him, but we see what? But we see what? But we see Jesus. Who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor, that he might by the grace of God taste, he should taste death for every man. Third, for it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the what? The captain of their salvation. Are you seeing this? So what is he telling you? He's telling you that all things are put under the firstborn, the captain, Jesus. So all dominion, all authority have been given to the firstborn. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. But you see, all that authority has been given to him, then he now said, go ye therefore. Look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Matthew 28 from verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all authority. Notice he didn't say power. Or I mean, let me say in Greek. He didn't say dunamis. He said, all exousia, all authority. That is dominion. Amen? Dominion is given unto me. Where? Where? In heaven, where? Who gave it to him? God. I don't know if you understand. So what God is saying is, God had always planned to give all authority in heaven and earth over all of his creation over all the works of his hands to a man. But until that man showed up on the scene, there was no one that was going to take it. And until that man showed up on the scene, all men could not partake of that all authority. Do you understand? Are you following? Uh -huh. So until Jesus came, this inheritance could not happen. And he was not just going to hand it over to Jesus like that. No. Jesus had to be seen in the atrium to be justified and found worthy of that glorification. 
That's why in Revelation, the angel shouted, who is worthy to open the seal? Then, because there was silence in heaven, John started crying, oh, nobody's worthy. But an angel said, don't weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has been found, what? Worthy to open the seal. Praise God. So, God, all right, didn't just put it to him, no. Jesus went through the process, fulfilled every prophetic word that was written concerning him, then stood in our place, hallelujah. Praise God. He died our death. He took our place. He sat where we sat. He stood where, he, where, where we stood to show that when he became our firstborn, he was not our firstborn to pursue a selfish agenda. He was our firstborn to pursue the will of God. Hallelujah. So all spirits in hell, on the earth and in heaven, can look at the glorification of Jesus and say, God, you have, you, are, you have always been just. You have always been faithful. You are still faithful and you are just in what you have done. Praise God. I said, praise God. So all power is given unto him in heaven and yet. Look at what he now says based on this fact that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. 19. He says what? Go ye what? Therefore. And what? And what? And what? And what? Baptizing them now, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, this is a very, very important statement. Because you see, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And he's now saying that on the basis of this, go and teach. Go and make disciples of nations. The context of these nations is actually Gentiles. Amen? It's Gentiles. It's the Gentile nations. Now, why is this important? Because many times when you look at authority, right, many times we see authority from the standpoint of primarily casting out devils. Right? Right? But you see, authority in the name of Jesus is primarily for salvation. Because look at what it says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, you now have the capacity to go into the nations and bring them into God. Not bring them to God's side. No. Bring them where? Into God. That is the meaning of baptizing in the name of the Father and Holy Ghost. To baptize means to immerse. Glory to God. It means that you now have the right to go into Gentile nations, meet men that are dead in sins, that are in the kingdom of darkness, and you go there by preaching the gospel to them, you snatch them out of the kingdom of darkness, and you immerse them into the kingdom of light. The greatest manifestation of authority is not in casting out devils. No. The greatest manifestation of authority is in making men born again. Bringing men into the kingdom of light. Why? It is a divine thing. It is a miraculous thing. Hallelujah. For a man, by his preaching, to get another man out of darkness into light. It is a divine thing. It's an unheard of thing. An angel cannot do it. 
An angel cannot do it. It's not given to angels to do it. But it is given to men to do it. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. A man, go ye therefore. Based on what has been given, go. Take back territories and transplant the men from darkness into God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Now, why is this important? Why is Jesus talking about nations? Nations means territories. Why is he talking territories? Remember, God created the heavens and the earth. Is that correct? And created men. Men mass produced and multiplied. In Genesis 11, we find, all right, that there were 70 nations on the earth in Genesis 11. All right? Um, if you count those nations, all right, either, you, you can count 70 or 72, based on the fact that there are certain nations that were together at that point that later splits. You understand? But 70 nations in Genesis 11. So in Genesis 11, when they were talking about all the nations of the earth were with one voice and they said they wanted to build an altar, um, they wanted to build a, a, a tower, there were 70 nations that wanted to do that. Praise the Lord. All right? But in Genesis 11, because these nations were continually rebellious against God's plan, what do you have? God gave them up. How do we know? Genesis 32. No? Deuteronomy 32, verse 8. If we read that in the Living Bible, all right? Turn in there. Genesis, um, Deuteronomy 32. In Deuteronomy 32, we find that the scriptures let us know <laughs> that God divided the inheritance, that's the earth, the land, to the nations. All right? According to the numbers of the sons of God. That is according to the numbers of the angels that were on the earth, fallen angels. Hallelujah. Because we know from Old Testament theology that the only angel that was assigned to the nation of Israel was Michael. Michael, look at it. Deuteronomy 32. It says, I'm reading the King James. It says, when the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the what? The sons or the children of Israel. Now, let me read it to you in the ESV. Where is my ESV? Okay, I have my vines here. Hallelujah. I think we've read this scripture before in several translations, right? Right? Okay. Okay. Where is my options? Where are my options? All right. Ah. You have it. Oh, yeah, read it. Yes. Yes, it fixed their boundaries. Yes. According to the number of the sons of God. So what you have there is that following the rebellion in Deuteronomy chapter, sorry, in Genesis chapter 11, you have that God gave them up to worship the spirits they wanted to worship. You understand? And if you look at the next verse from verse 9, look at verse 9. Notice it says, he 
divided the nations their inheritance according to the sons of God. But in verse 9, it, it tells you that he chose Israel. Look at verse 9. What does it say? But the Lord's portion is what? But it is his people. Uh huh. Are you seeing that? So Jacob is his allotted heritage. But you see, you will miss something if you don't understand that Deuteronomy chapter 32, 8 and 9 is a sequential narration of Genesis 11 and 12. Now, when did God divide? Scattered the nations. Was it Genesis 11? Was it Genesis 11? Right? Now, look at what happened immediately after Genesis 11. In Genesis 12. Look at it. Turn there, Genesis 12, 1. What happened? Genesis 12 and verse 1. What did you say? And the Lord said unto what? Abraham, uh-huh. Notice, hold on. Get thee out of thy what? Country. And out of what? So that means Abraham was in, we, we, among those 70 nations. Among those 70 Gentile nations. Is that correct? All right. Now God has said, you see these nations, I have given up on them. I have let them do what they want. But you, Abraham, come out. I have chosen you amongst them, out of them, and with you, I will make a what? A new nation. I will give you new laws and give you new customs. I will enter into a covenant with what? With you. I don't know if you're understanding that. Are you following? Now, so, God allowed the Gentile nations to do whatever they want. And you find, as time went on, you now had fallen angels who began to operate at princes over those gentile nations. Let me show you. Look at Daniel, chapter number 10. Daniel, chapter number 10, for verse 1. In the body of Cyrus, king of what? Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the thing was true, and the time upon them was long, and he understood the thing, and... Um, the understanding of the vision. Okay, continue. It says what? Okay. Can we go to verse 20? Daniel 1, 20. What does it say? Daniel 10, 20. Uh -huh. Daniel 10, 20. To fight with the what? Prince of what? Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of what? Are you noticing? So there is prince of pressure and there is prince of what? These are princes over locations. Are you following? Look at verse 13. Daniel 10, 13. What does he say? Daniel 10, 13. But the prince, notice, but the prince of the what? Are you saying so? It was a nation. The nation of Persia had a spiritual prince. Ruling its territory. Because the people in Persia chose to serve that fallen angel. So that fallen angel was their prince. I don't know if you understand this. So this was what went on before Jesus. God gave men up to do what they wanted to do. Because they rejected him in unbelief, so he gave them up. But he chose Israel. 
Hallelujah. He chose to reclaim the territory. Hallelujah. That has been yielded by unbelief of man to the kingdom of darkness. He chose Abraham. Hallelujah. As his instrument or to use to reclaim that territory. So what did he do? He called Abraham and he said, I make a promise to you and to your seed after you. That the earth and heaven I will give to you. I will enter into a covenant with you. You understand? And to your seed after you. Alright? I'll give you this blessing. The blessing of dominion. I'll give it to you. And Abraham believed. Then he now told Abraham, In you shall all the what? Nations of the earth be what? Blessed. Including the Gentiles. Even these Gentiles that are currently rebelling, I am going to bless them and bring them into this family. I am promising you through you. Praise God. You understand? Through you. Glory to God. I said glory to God. But these spirit beings walked in authority. Ruling men. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. The Bible tells us there... That we were under their rule. Because they had rule and sway on the earth. Ephesians 2 from verse 2. What does it say? Wearing in time past, uh huh. He walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Same word, prince. Rulers. And the, the, the spirit that now walketh we are in the children of disobedience. Is it that word, prince? In the Hebrew, in Daniel chapter 10, 20, Daniel 10, 13, is the Hebrew word sar, S-A-R. This is ruler and chieftain. Ruler and chieftain. Where we get the Greek principalities and powers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, go there. In Daniel 10, verse 13, uh, Daniel even introduces the word that they are kings of Persia. So that means the spirit beings over the region of Persia, they have one prince, but there are several kings. So there are several kings over smaller territories. So that's why Paul uses the terminology principalities, powers, you understand? Rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in what? Heavenly places. So there are different strata, different levels in that authority structure. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So it's very, very important for us to get this. So, the world before Jesus, the Gentile world before Jesus, were on, they were under the domain of fallen angels. Under the domain of Satan. I don't know if you remember the temptation of Jesus. When the devil comes to, came to Jesus and told him, he said, all the nations of this world I will give to you if you bow down and worship me. He said, because it was, ah, let's look at it now. St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. Amen. Now, look at St. Gospel, chapter 4. And verse 8, again the devil taketh him up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. See that? And said unto them, all these things will I give you 
If thou we what? Fall down and what? Let's look at another um, trans, uh, um, gospel. I think that's Luke. Praise God. Praise God. Luke chapter 4, verse 6. He says, And the devil said unto him, All this power or authority, will I, no, let's start from verse 5. And the devil taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the world, kingdoms of the world, his special part of the kingdom, he must have showed him. Yes. These are, he showed him Gentile nations, Gentile kingdoms, kingdoms of the world. Showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. How many of you agree with me that this was in the realm of the spirit? All right, it was in the realm of the spirit, okay? A moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I, pay attention, no? will what? I give thee and the glory of them. Notice what he says next. For that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever, whomsoever I will, I what? Notice. He said it is delivered to me. Praise God. That word delivered there is paradidomi. It means to yield. Are you following? It means to yield or live for. Why was it delivered to him? Because of the rebellion of man. Man rejected God, so the devil took over. So Satan is tempting Jesus and said, just worship me like all of them are. And I will hand over the kingdom to you. Pay attention to what the devil is saying. Because you may miss it. Satan is saying, all the kingdoms of the world, they are mine, and the glory thereof. Bow down, worship me. I will make you my firstborn and give you the nations as your inheritance. Are you following? Because he's saying, it's mine. I was given. And whomsoever I want, I give it to. Are you following? Jesus did not say he lied. It was not a lie. Truly, the nations of the earth were in darkness. Satan is the prince of darkness. Hallelujah. So Jesus, by his death, <coughs> burial, and resurrection, what happened? Amen. After he rose from the dead, God now said, I have found my true firstborn. The one I have found worthy to what? Inherit all my creations. And to whom I'm giving dominion over all the works of what? My hands. So he gave to Jesus the name that is above every other name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, including the devil. Now, based on the exaltation of Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus comes to us and says, I have been exalted and I have been given, all, um, uh, uh, given the name above every name. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given. I was not given as God because as God, I had all authority and I had all power. Mm -mm. I was given as man. I was given as man for men. So he now says, you now, because all authority heaven and earth has been given to me, I am firstborn. Go ye therefore. So that means he's saying, 
Because it has been given to me. For you. It has been given to who? To you. Based on the fact that it has been given to me. Go ye. Therefore. He says. And teach. Reclaim. And get the nations back. Into fellowship with God. Get the nations out of darkness into light. Get the nations out of the flesh into the spirit. Get the nations out of idolatry into God. Get them. You have authorization now to baptize men into God. Whatever sins you remit is remitted. Whatever sins you don't remit is not remitted. You have the authority now. But that's not where the authority stops. The authority also involves dominion over spirit beings. To cast them out. This is why one of the major signs that you are now a member of the family, you are now a member of the family of the firstborn is that you can cast out devils. <laughs> the expelling of devils is a sign of the kingdom. Because Casting devils out is the proof that a new dispensation is here. It's proof that a new boss is in town. It's proof that the authority the devil had has been taken away from him. Notice, all authority in heaven and the earth includes the one Satan had. Which means now, the only true boss is Jesus. Every other person is their underlings, including Satan. So we, as brethren of the firstborn, everybody say brethren of the firstborn. <laughs> There's no devil that exists that can say no to us. So walk in authority, to exercise authority, you need to have knowledge. You need to have what? Knowledge. No devil can say no to you because you are in the firstborn. You are named with the son name of the firstborn. You have been immersed in the firstborn. You walk in the shoes of the firstborn. If any man be in Christ, you are in Christ. You have taken on Christ as a garment. Glory to God. You smell like him. You look like him. You talk like him. The signature of his voice is in your voice. The signature of Christ's voice is the Holy Ghost. When you talk in the realm of the Spirit, they hear the Holy Ghost. Because you are born of the Holy Ghost. You have been made one with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? You have been joined to the Lord. And you have been made one spirit with him. Glory to Jesus. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you authority. To trample. Everybody say trample. Trample on serpents and scorpions and upon all the ability of the enemy. And he says, nothing shall by any means what? Hurt you. It is in Luke 10, 19 that we now understand the true picture of the enemy of the Psalms. When David was talking about enemies, 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 enemies. Alright? We now see that the enemies are not human beings. That they're spirit beings. The ability of the enemy. He says, and nothing shall be 
by any means hurt you. So what has happened is that in Christ Jesus, man has been made invincible to the devil. The devil cannot defeat the man in Christ. In fact, I think it is an insult for us to even say the devil cannot defeat the man in Christ. Because to say he cannot defeat the man in Christ is to suggest that there is a battle or a race that they are running. Mm-mm. The battle has already been fought. The race and the competition has already been held. We won. Glory to God. I said glory to God. We won. So when we are dealing with devils, we are not dealing with them from the standpoint of fighting a war or fighting a battle. No. We are dealing from the standpoint that we already have the victory and we are working in the exercise of it. So it is a triumphant parade we are busy with. It's a triumphant what? Parade. Triumphant parade. It's like this. If you are a supporter of a football club, maybe, maybe you're a supporter of Chelsea. Like in 20, when did we win the Champions League now? When we won the Champions League? The 11 players, notice it. The 11 players played the final and they played that match, then they won it. You were not on the pitch, but you were a Chelsea fan. Praise God. So, because they won, you won. The only part of the entire experience you are a part of is the celebration. Are you following what I'm saying? So, you know, and when all oh, the victory parade, yeah, we won. Did you play? No, but we won. Exactly. Praise God. When Jesus, was, when Jesus hung on that cross, in the eyes of God, you hung on the cross with him. But in physical reality, did you hang there? No. But when Jesus hung on that cross, we hung on that cross. When he went to the grave, we went to the grave. When he rose from the dead, we rose from the dead. When he seated at the right hand of the Father, who is seated at the right hand of the Father? We are. So his victories are victory. His authorities are authority. His identities are identity. So what do we do? Ah, listen. Any authority that is not exercised, it will look as though you don't have it. Praise God. Any authority that is not exercised will never be enjoyed. On Sunday, a lady came up to meet me. She said, Pastor, I'm having this pain, something, 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 something. I said, okay, come. I said, let's pray. Lay hands on her and use authority in the name of Jesus to drive out the pain. Within seconds, she said she didn't feel any pain anymore. You understand? Now, I told her, I said, you don't need to come to me when you have issues like this. Because the same authority I have, you have. So, you can, in the name of Jesus, drive this pain out when next it shows up. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? You can. You can. And you exercise authority with words. 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 You exercise it with words. The transportation of your will is seen in your words. 
The exercise of the authority in the name of Jesus is in words. You exercise the authority in the name of Jesus for your salvation by confessing the Lordship of Jesus. If any man calls on the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Words. 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 You feel the pain in your body. The name of Jesus has authority over sickness and disease. Before you call the doctor, use your words. You say, in the name of Jesus, you cannot stay. I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus. Come out. In the name of Jesus. I re Listen, let me tell you something. Use the name of Jesus profusely. Use it regularly. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I refuse. In the name of Jesus. I call forth. In the name of Jesus, I expel. In the name of Jesus, I allow. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke. You use it in the na name of Jesus. Use it regularly. I've told you something. Listen. Prayer is twofold. There is the prayer of supplication. Where we go to the Father and we are praying in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, allowing the Holy Ghost to, you know, you know, cooperate with the Spirit of God and, 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 you know, utter our desires in the Holy Ghost in supplication. There is that. But there's another kind of prayer where we are using the name of Jesus. We are not calling God. Because we don't need, it's not, we're not saying God come and, mm -mm, no. When it comes to dealing with devils, you don't need the Father. The Father has given you everything you need. It's like they gave you fleets. And they now said, resist the mosquitoes and the mosquitoes will not harm you. You, are, you now have the fleets in your hand. And you are now asking the person that gave you fleet, please come and help me with the mosquitoes. He has already done all he needs to do by giving you fleets. So those of you who are watching international audience in the United Kingdom of America, fleet is another it's a colloquial term for insecticides. So you can fellowship with us. So insecticide. So he has given you the insecticide, praise God, so that you can use it and drive the insects away. Are you following what I'm saying? God has given us the authority. That's why in the, in, in, in the epistles, you have terms like resist the devil and he shall flee from you. He didn't say, I will come and assist you. No. He says, you resist. Listen. Let me explain what that resists means. Resist the devil means that you are in a position. It means you have the territory. It means you have been brought into a place. It means that the possession is yours. You resist what wants to come in from outside, inside. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, because if the devil had the territory, there will be scriptures telling us to advance on the devil. Notice, there's no scripture that tells you to advance on him. No. He says resist. Which means you are in, you are in your place of no rest. You have arrived. Hallelujah. But he now says there's someone outside the fence that may want to get him. He says resist him. He says resist the devil and he shall flee from you. Praise God. We are not at the mercy of spirit beings. No. We are not. I said we are not. 
We are not at the mercy of our ancestors. Oh, your ancestors will mad at you. If we don't bring sacrifice, God punish all of them. Which ancestors? Ancestors. Which, which ancestors? Ah, Idile Awa, Onifalotiwa, Waladifani. Ah, we won't succeed. Kiniko, Kiniko. Then there are some of you, no, I mean, not two people, but there are some Christians. That the moment they hear that somebody is fetish, they begin to shake in their boots. Hallelujah. Me, I'm very excited when I hear it. Praise God. Let me tell you something. I pray by the special grace of God, I have spiritual disciplines. But there is no time I am turned on spiritually and at my highest frequency when there is battle. When there's a spiritual confrontation. Ah! I'll say, hey, you want to... Let, let, let say, oh, no. Glory to God. That's when I'm going 18 hours in tongues. Praise God. I'm going as long... Let's see who we last. I will outlast you. Praise God. I will define the terms of the... I will define the terms of the confrontation. So that you will... You know, in the CNN, in the kingdom of darkness, the journal is there. They will, say, they will say what happened to you when you came against me. Which demon are you carrying? All of them are subject to me. The one you are offering sacrifices to. They call, they call me yes boss when I show up in the name of Jesus. So why am I afraid of them? Afraid of what? Hallelujah. How dare you glorify devils in your prayer? How dare you glorify it in my family? Eh? There's one spirit, there's one uncle. It's our uncle, he destroyed all of us. You are saying it with your mouth, Christian. It's coming out of your mouth. Don't you understand how insulting what is coming out of your mouth is? That a spiritually dead man is oppressing you. A man who has no rights in the presence of the Father. A man who angels don't respect. He's, he's, he's mitigating your own destiny. He has put your destiny inside pot. And washed it down the toilet. You. You. They've tied your destiny to a mirror. You. <laughs> you. They, your own, they, you. New creation. Seated at the right hand of the Father. Indwelled by the Holy Ghost. They tied your destiny. And it's coming out of your mouth. Angels should be giving permission to slap us sometimes when we say stupid things. Do you know what you're saying? Do you know how powerful you are? Do you understand how you are viewed. I, 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 I noticed something. I'm still doing a study on it. So don't, don't take what I want to say here. But I just look at it. I was in my, my Bible study today. I noticed something. I was studying the response of the angels in the Old Testament to the saints. Right? Right? Then the response of angels to the New Te Testament saints. If you go and read in the book of Genesis, the angels, the Lord, and two angels came to meet Abraham. Abraham rushed out to meet them. The Lord was there. So Abraham worshipped and said, you know, let me make this for you. And Anna said, no problem. Then later Abraham, you know, prayed and talked to the Lord. And the two angels that were with the Lord went to Sodom. Now, when those two angels came to Sodom, when Lord saw them, the Bible lets us understand that. Lord bowed himself to them. They didn't refuse. 
So he courted and respected them and all of that. Praise God. Then the book of Daniel, just look all through the Old Testament. You see that whenever they saw angels, they did one kind of obeisance to those angels. And it was not a problem. Yeah. But the revelations. John wanted to bow to the angel that was given. The angel stopped him. What are you doing? Hey, hey, hey. hey do you know who you are? <laughs> About to. Will you come? <laughs> Will you stop it? You are not ordinary. You are not. You are not. Angels looked at Daniel and said, Oh, Daniel, greatly beloved. If the angel of the Lord spoke to you today, he's greater than what they will say to Daniel. Because the ambience of the throne room, they know and recognize is around you. Because the God they worshipped from eternal generations is living inside you. Do you understand? He wasn't living inside Daniel. He wasn't living inside Jacob. He wasn't living inside Solomon. Solomon had to build a mighty house because Solomon knew that God was not in him. So he said, I want to build a house that your presence might be there. And that house was destroyed. Because God does not live in house made with hands. But he lives in the house he made for himself. Guess what? He made you an eye for his habitation. Then you, that he has made his temple, that he has caused to sit at his right hand, that he has made a member of the firstborn, the church of the firstborn, the family of the firstborn, you are now telling me that one raggedy, useless, demonic spirit that is not even a ruler of the power of the world, one of those dirty, vagabond spirits in your village that is not even known as important in the kingdom of darkness is the one holding your destiny that you can't succeed. May you repent of such nonsense. May, you, may it never come out of your mouth again in Jesus' name. May you never open your mouth, this your holy mouth, that the fragrance of God comes out of because you are the temple of God and say that your problem is your father's senior brother who is no good. May such nonsense never come out of your mouth again. Because that your father's brother is supposed to be saying you are his problem. That you are the terror that afflicts him by day. And the pestilence that awaited him by noonday. That every time you talk, the earth under his feet shakes. That is the normal story we should be hearing. Do it to God. I said do it to God. Say this with me. All authority. In heaven and in earth. Has been given unto me. I walk in dominion. In the name of Jesus. I walk in dominion. In the name of the Lord Jesus. No weapon fashioned against me. Shall prosper. The nations of the earth. Have been given to me. I reclaim them with the gospel. 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 Hallelujah. Men and women must arise in Christ. Fearless. Bold. Convinced. About who they believed. And what he has given them. Praise God. It should show in how we pray. It should show in how we speak. 
and it should show in how we execute the vengeance and the will of God on demonic spirits. <laughs> praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Yes. I hope you have learned something during this series. I hope that you didn't just hear big words and new words and new boss words. I hope that it quickens you to pray. I hope that it gets you to see visions of God. Visions of God inspired by scriptures. That's how I hope I pray that it gives to you. Hallelujah. Because the moment you understand who you are <laughs> and where you are sitting, may, let me pray a prayer for us. May your departure from this earth not let you know who you truly are in Christ in Jesus' name. Because there are some people that will say, they will discover, it's, it's through the heavenly Bible study they will discover. Really? Really? You know that the fact that some people have died does not mean that all of a sudden they know everything. No. We will still be learning. Hallelujah. I'll give you, you say, Pastor, how do you know? Eh, well, 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 well. Which man and Lazarus? The rich man in hell, did he know everything because he was dead? No, he was asking questions. He wasn't here. Yes. So we still learn some things over there. My own prayer is that the things you needed to learn over here, all right, so that you can enjoy it here. May you not learn it over there where you can enjoy it. Because after a man goes to heaven, you know he's not casting out devils anymore. All those uh, Mary pray for us, it's not going to work. Mary is resting. All those saints Peter pray for us, he's not hearing you. It's not going to work. You are going to use the name of Jesus and get results for yourself. And the more you know about what you've received, hey, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will rise up on our feet. Everyone everywhere. Now we are going to use our authority for a few minutes over the nation Nigeria. And we are going to declare that in the name of Jesus, we have peace and the will of God and his counsel only shall stand over the nation. Can we just pray in the Holy Ghost and declare that in the name of Jesus? Using our authority, man, we declare peace in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We forbid the plan of the devil. We insist on the will of God. In the name of Jesus. Only the will of God shall be done. Only the will of God shall be done. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for we are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, Kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link t.me slash oikia cc. God has blessed you.